0: again everyone welcome to another edition of hbs legal trends i'm john ray and i'm sitting here alongside hbs partner baxter drennan baxter welcome
1: yeah good afternoon john thanks for having
0: us absolutely great great to have you on give folks a little quick little introduction to you those that may not know you
1: yeah. Well, again, I'm Baxter Drennan. Uh, I'm a partner with Hall Booth-Smith in the Little Rock, uh, Arkansas office.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I came over to Hall Booth-Smith uh, actually last October, uh, working to, to build out uh, our Arkansas presence uh, and kind of using that regionally. Uh, when, I, when I came over uh, with, with another uh, partner, but there were three lawyers the day we got here. Uh, we're up to nine lawyers uh, and uh, another half dozen or so staff members. So growing fast and uh really, really enjoying being with Halby Smith.
0: That's terrific. Well, it's uh great for you to join uh HBS Legal Trends and to bring a great guest. And folks, uh we're here welcoming Bert Hicks. And Bert is president, chief strategy officer, and general counsel. All that makes me tired. Listen to all that. <laughs> That's a lot of responsibility. He's with Encore Bank. Uh, in Little Rock. Bert, welcome.
2: Well, thank you, John. Uh, happy to be here and uh, appreciate the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. For those that don't know about Encore ba- Bank, how about giving us a quick little introduction to your company?
2: Sure. Um, we we call ourselves a commercially focused kind of boutique concierge bank. We, we are headquartered in, in Little Rock, but uh, we operate in nine states and, and 21 markets across those states. obviously that doesn't mean we can't do business nationwide, but that, that's where we have our physical locations. Um, but we're a, we're a branch light in, uh, FTE which is full-time employee light business model um, but but still with the concierge kind of flavor. So really high touch uh, but also but also high digital kind of kind of flavor to to how we do business.
0: Now, for some folks that may, high touch, high digital may seem like a contradiction. Talk talk about how that works for you and how you're able to give your customers such great service.
2: Yeah, we, we, I really consider us kind of a hybrid business model, at least in, in the banking world. Uh, you've got your community banks or, or even regional banks that, that, um, you know, they focus more on, on convenience, uh, through, a through a physical branch infrastructure or ATM infrastructure. Um, we are, we're, we're, we're not as focused on branch locations. We only have one office location in in each of our markets, but we are super focused on making sure that, that the client experience is, is above and beyond any expectations that they could have. So We want you to be able to bank with Encore the way you want to bank with Encore is the way we like to say it, not the way we tell you you're going to bank with Encore. But because we knew we had a, we were going to have a lighter branch infrastructure and a a lower headcount, we knew we had to go out and invest in and and build a really you know high quality technology infrastructure, uh, a a technology platform that would provide that level of convenience for for uh, banking. Consumers, uh, and I'm not just talking about personal business, but consumers of banking services. Let's call it that way. We knew we'd have to go out and and, and build and buy um, a platform that would allow that that really convenient uh, experience. And so it's a little bit of of uh, you know that that kind of feeling, the bank in the way it ought to be, kind of kind of feel with with knowing your banker and having a great relationship and and not having to you know, fill out every line of the, the loan application every time you do business with us. But it's also, uh, again, just, hey, I, I need to get something done super quick and and I, I need to do it on my phone or or, or through a uh, an appliance in my office, a technology appliance in my office that, that we can install.
0: Now, you know, it sounds like what you're doing is using technology to leverage the time and expertise of your employees as they serve clients, as opposed to, I think what maybe some of the big banks have done, frankly, is really shuffle people off to um, not dealing with people and using technology that way.
2: Yeah, I I think you tease that out really well, because I I actually don't think I I said what I was trying to say very well. So I appreciate that. But we actually say we we try to couple our really seasoned veteran very experienced bankers with best in breed technology. So you 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 pulled it out really well. I mean we are trying to enable our banking professionals to to bank their clients the, the way that they need to be banked. Um, and, and, and they do that in many cases through through technology. And so yeah, you tease that out really well.
0: Terrific. Now, one of the things we were talking before we came on, Baxter mentioned the relationship that you enjoy with a number of fi- financial technology players, fintech in the, in the, uh, uh, lingo, uh, fintech companies out there and how you've used those relationships to build that infrastructure. Talk about that.
2: Yeah. So fintech has, has become quite the the buzzword in, in banking and, uh, not that it wasn't beginning or, or maybe even was three years ago when we started Encore Bank, but for, for us, fintech is not just something we say. It is, it is a big part of who we are. We don't want to lose sight of that, You know, again, concierge, really knowing your client, knowing your banker kind of approach. But we, we talk about fintech really in five, five prongs. So we have three financial technology co-founders on our board. These are folks that have, have started and in some cases exited um, and in many cases continue to invest in, in, in the fintech industry. They advise us, you know, on our technology strategy or our, our technology uh, direction. And they also help us you know, keep us really in tune as to what's going on in the industry. And then we've got a tech and innovation hub in Austin, Texas, which is one of the best technology markets, if not the best technology market in the country that team down there is really focused on vetting technology, both to either address uh, a, a business issue that we've identified or go attack a business opportunity that we've identified. That, that group is led by Alan Rayson who literally in the last couple of weeks was named the digital banker of the year by American banker magazine. So got, got some really good credibility there. Mm. Uh, the, the third prong is, we invest directly into financial technology. So we will, we will, we have literally written equity checks and invested alongside some of our fintech partners. Whereby, you know, we're taking an equity position. We may be taking a board seat. Uh, we may have observational rights of the board. We get to influence the the build out of that platform or, or that technology. The fourth way is probably the more traditional way, and that's hey, we've got to partner with. Uh, technology providers, fintech companies out there to deliver a banking platform. We've just been really very disciplined as to how we've gone about that. Today, we probably partner with about 30 fintechs. And then the final way, and this is this is pretty unique as well, we are the exclusive bank sponsor for a fintech accelerator in Tampa, Florida, which is one of our markets. And that that is a Uh, an accelerator program that that's gone through multiple iterations, multiple industries, but is now focused on financial technology. And, you know, they get applicants from all over the world that come in to to do this, you know, multi-month boot camp program, teach them how to build their business, how to scale their business, how to raise capital or whatever. We are the only bank that's involved in that whole accelerator program. And we went to them early on and said, Hey, we want to be your underwriting sponsor and we want exclusivity on the banking side. Because we want to see the selection process, we want to have a chance to potentially invest in some of these companies. We want to have a chance to potentially beta test some of their technology, and so yeah, we 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 like to say we eat, sleep, and breathe fintech.
0: Now, the, you know, there's that old saying uh, about being on the bleeding edge. That's that's comes from the critics that talk about getting in too early, and and uh, into in innovations like what you're talking about, how how do you vet the the company companies and the platforms that you invest in, that you get involved in?
2: Yeah. And let me, uh, maybe, maybe throw a disclaimer out there. We, I'm a, I'm a banker, we're a bank, so I don't know that we're bleeding edge on, on anything, but, but maybe, you know, uh, that second wave we're, we, we are risk managers at heart, right? That's, that's what we do. So, um, your your question hits on vendor due diligence, really, in, in a lot of ways. We spend a, a lot of time understanding um, how some of these companies are, are capitalized. What is the experience of the the principals or the founders? You know, do they have credibility or is this um, not, not that this kind of company can't be successful? Is this just, you know, some really, really smart kid who's got a great idea and, and, and might move on to the next thing two years from now? We want to make sure that we have a true relationship, just like we do with our clients and with our employees. Uh, we, we do a lot in terms of what I'd call kind of qualitative vetting in, in addition to quantitative vetting of, of our of our fintech partners. But it, it gets down to ultimately how do we underwrite the risk as it relates to our business? I mean, we, you know, cybersecurity today is huge. We really want to understand how these companies uh, have addressed cybersecurity. Um and so it it's it's deep uh it, it's, I think they would tell you it's it sometimes it's painful but um it's it's a it's a big part of of our whole program on on uh fintech partnerships.
0: That makes sense. Now uh I heard a little rumor that you've got an interesting attitude about ATMs. Let's talk about ATMs.
2: <laughs> uh I don't know where you heard that but yeah we don't have any we don't have any ATMs. And that was a decision we made uh, really literally from the start. Um, you know, if I if I place an ATM that may be convenient for you, it's it's not going to be convenient for Baxter or for me because mm-hmm. you live, you know, seven streets down the road. So we we made a decision that, hey, these banks have have uh, built an infrastructure over you know the last several decades and, and there's you know thousands of banks that all have you know a whole lot of, of ATMs out there, why not leverage that ATM infrastructure as a whole and just reimburse our clients for the fee that they're going to get charged when they swipe their debit card at some other bank's ATM. We will we'll be able to do that uh, a whole lot of times before we would have bought one ATM that may be convenient for you but but it's not going to be convenient for our other you know tens of thousands of clients. So much like we view our our branch infrastructure, which by the way we don't own any of those real that real estate we we lease all of that real estate but we just view ATMs and branches as as something that we're not going to invest our our capital into we're gonna we're gonna let somebody else do that
0: great words here folks from Bert Hicks Bert is president chief strategy officer and general counsel of encore bank in Little Rock uh so Bert let's take a little detour here if if we can and talk about you um tell us a little bit about your journey and what what uh, the experience and the journey that leads you to in in encore bang
2: sure i mean i'm i'm a i'm an arkansas boy uh born and born and raised uh i have spent time outside the state but uh i I consider this home and and always have and, and always will um i feel really blessed that uh I had a I had a mentor that that really invested in me early on in my career. Uh, he's still someone that I have a deep deep relationship with. Uh, his name is Tommy May. He was former chairman and CEO of Simmons First National Corporation. Um, Mr. May, you know, like I said, really invested in me professionally, but but maybe not maybe absolutely just as importantly personally. Um, so. I met Mr. May my freshman year of college. I've I have uh, quite literally wanted to start a bank since my junior year of high school, which is uh, I I I yield maybe a little bit uh, different. But this has been a dream of mine, and um, and and he developed me in in a way that I that I had the ability to do that one day. Uh, I've also worked with some you know outstanding people along the way and some brilliant people, and and have learned so much from from so many. I've had a lot of people that have. Uh, have invested in me both, like I said, professionally and personally. Um, the 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 thing that took us here was just the changing banking environment. Um, you know, uh, the way that banks had had uh, grown up through the Great Recession, and and then the way consumer preferences were changing even pre-COVID, uh, really saw an opportunity to 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 do something differently. And then I feel extremely blessed to. Uh, have a relationship with with the other two co founders of Encore. I, I, I'll, I'll I'll mention Chris Roberts. I I uh, I got to know him actually through the one of the first transactions I worked on at my previous employer. My my background is is mergers and acquisitions, so I got to know Chris when my former employer bought his his uh, second bank, uh, or at least the the bank that he was uh, leading at that at that time. Um, and so that's how I got to know him professionally and, and we built a relationship over the next handful plus years. And um, you know, he he offered me an opportunity to partner with him and, and build an encore and, and that was an exciting opportunity and, and really aligned with you know my career aspirations. And then uh the other co-founder, his name is Philip Jett, uh just a an amazing banker in his own right. Um he and Chris go way back, but uh, you know, kind of getting back to, to my personal story, it, it really boils down to if if I can kind of uh, tease out any any sort of life lessons. It's about who you partner with, and it's about who you who you invest with. And I don't mean financially; I mean you know uh, experientially and 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 blood, sweat, and tears. But also who invest in you. And uh, I think I'm I'm the product of having some really great, valuable, uh, and deep relationships that are that are both personal and professional.
0: Well, wise words. That's awesome. Let's let's dig in a little deeper to how you expand, how you evaluate markets. It sounds like it's not really market-oriented as much as it is finding the right person to build out a market. How do you find that person?
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you, it's actually a little bit of both. Um, so when we started Encore, our idea was, hey, branches don't matter as much, but markets do. So the type of market we want to go to has been defined from the very beginning. Which markets we were fairly agnostic. We were really going to use our relationships to 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 expand our footprint. So today we're in 9 states like I said and 21 markets across those states. Every single one of those markets are led by somebody that either the one of us, the one of the 3 of us knew personally or another one of our market leaders knew personally. So um, I think that's that's really important. It kind of goes back to the conversation we were just having of relationships really do matter. When you know someone and you trust someone, you know how they do business and you know how they operate. Um, you know, with their kids and their clients. Um, I think I think it's a whole lot easier to say, "Hey, I want to partner with you." Um, and so that that's how we've ended up in twenty one markets. However. Each of those 21 markets are are, some, are, are among the best markets in, in America. I mean, if you look at any top 10 list of the fastest growing cities or, or the best business clients or the best business cities in America, you know, at least seven or eight of our of our 21 are, are on that list of 10. And then yeah, depending on the list, maybe maybe all 10. Um, and so we are absolutely focused on the, the type of market we want to go to. But we've been ag- agnostic thus far as to which ones. And, it, and it's why, you know, candidly, maybe Texas and Missouri made sense to to the outside world. But then the very next market we went to was Tampa, Florida, and that was a jump. And we didn't have any dots on in between the, the map uh, at, at between at, at that time. You know, now we've kind of uh, worked our way backwards and, and, and upwards. Uh, but then, you know, you also look at what we've recently done with Denver and Boulder. I mean, that that kind of maybe seems scattered. It, it's certainly not. We we know those two leaders, Gary Geist and Boulder and, and Josh Peoples and, and Denver. We're super excited to, to be in both those fantastic markets. But it's less about, hey, do, how do you connect these dots on the map? And it's more about how do you connect the, the, the leaders that are running the markets? And it's a it's a uh, it's a spider web at Encore. So. Uh, that's how we've done it through relationships, but also a big part of that is, you know, for us, what we've been doing is building a bank from scratch for all intents and purposes. And so we really needed entrepreneurial bankers and bankers. And I'm talking about myself, uh, when I talk about this, but we tend to be, you know, really risk uh, averse. We tend to, to be, uh, conservative in nature and, um, not all of us out there are, are entrepreneurs at heart. But we've we've gone out and really had some hard conversations with folks that would have made great teammates in terms of their ability to produce. But but maybe they weren't ready to truly bet on themselves or to build something from scratch. And, and, it, and it just wasn't going to work out. And So we've had to pass on some markets that maybe on its face would have would have looked really attractive. So, you know, we asked that person, are you willing to are you willing to to be an entrepreneur? Are you willing to build something from scratch? Are you willing to to contribute to the overall build of office? We also ask them if, if they're willing to bet on themselves. So it's not just enough to say, yeah, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. We're asking them to literally become our, our, our equity partner through, through a, an investment in Encore. And, and there's not an exception in the entire footprint. Every single one of these leaders has invested a significant portion of their own wealth into, into Encore. Then we talk about the team that they're going to bring over and the clientele that they're going to bring over. But the last question that we ask, and, and this is, you know, as important as their own personal investment is let's talk a little bit about your network and let's talk about the ability to raise capital locally in your market around you and the team that that we're talking about building because you know when you look at our footprint we're in Austin Texas and Dallas Texas and Nashville Tennessee and Denver Colorado and Charlotte North Carolina i mean these these markets are super competitive so we don't want to just be the next bank in Nashville We want we really want to have a runway that's that's surrounded by, you know, 50 to 100 uh, local business owners, local real estate investors, real estate developers, lawyers, attorneys, uh, doctors, you know, in the marketplace. These are folks that are movers and shakers in Nashville, Tennessee or in San Antonio, Texas. And so that's the last piece of the conversation we have when we're when we're talking to these prospective leaders is tell us about the ability to raise capital locally. Uh, Because we want to, we don't want to just be the next bank in that market. We really want to, want to come in and and become the go-to bank for, for uh, you know, the business community in in any one of these given markets.
0: So you're really talking about uh, folks that can bring clients that believe enough in your story to become investors. That's really what you're saying, right?
2: Yeah, and and uh, outside of of uh, Chris and, and and myself, there there's no one else. And I, I apologize if I'm wrong about this to, to any of our folks that are listening. And say, hey, well, I actually have done that before. Uh, I I don't think any of us had ever raised capital before outside of the two of us. Mm-hmm. And so at first, that's kind of a it's a scary conversation. Sure. And none of this takes place over you know 24 hours. I mean, this these are these are many cases. You know, uh, several month long type conversations. So, yeah, it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit daunting. But what we show them is, hey, over the course of, of our first three years through two capital raises, we, we raised almost two hundred million dollars from almost sixteen hundred individuals across uh, the footprint at that time. We are the fastest growing bank in the country. We have a story to tell. It's more about what is your relationship with the right folks in the market and, and letting us come in and tell the story. There, there is a compelling equity opportunity here. And and getting that person, that potential leader, comfortable with that—that's the piece that that maybe takes some time. Once they get that, and and by the way, they become great at telling the story inside their own market, with their within their own network. And it's it's probably the thing that we all love the most now. This um, this whole I'm going to raise capital among my clientele, among my friends and family, and my centers of influence in my market. But it is the it is the piece also at the front end of the conversation that maybe is the biggest hurdle to clear
0: yeah that makes sense, but you've got a record to show me mean, if I may, my numbers may be slightly off, but it sounds like you've you've got been around for about three years almost two billion in assets starting from scratch basically right I mean you're right under two billion
2: yeah uh we' will we'll update for you we're actually about 2.6 billion um, i can't I can't today. keep
0: up with you uh Bert <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah but we when we when we got our hands on this bank Charter back in in uh, 2019, it was 100 and a little less than 150 million dollars. So okay. in in three less than three and a half years, we've grown by by 2.5 billion dollars in assets.
0: Wow, what a story, folks! Encore Bank, uh, and we're here chatting with Bert Hicks. He's president, chief strategy officer, and general counsel. Speaking of employees, let's talk about. The problem that everyone has, which is uh, recruiting, retaining great employees, uh, great team members. Talk about what your uh, philosophy is there.
2: Well, it's probably becoming a theme uh, just in our conversation, but relationships matter. So, um, you know, typically we we have a relationship in some form or fashion with with somebody that's joining the team. Um, or, or it comes from somebody that we really, really have a lot of respect for and, and appreciation for. As like a, maybe a, a recommendation of, hey, you need to talk to uh, this treasury management person in this market. So relationships matter and it, it kind of gets it. It, it get, We get past very quickly of the ability of, do I trust what this person is telling me they can't do? Because we know it from experience and, and relationship. But, so the recruiting part is is pretty simple for us. Uh, we think we've got a really compelling story. We're, we're building a different kind of bank, and um, we've had a lot of success recruiting. But the retention piece is probably the, the thing i'm I'm most proud of, or at least one of the things I, one of the things I'm most proud of it on encore. Uh, we have very low employee attrition, uh, industry low candidly. Uh, we've got a really transparent culture, uh, culture is another one of those buzzwords. And, and I, I actually had become, uh, adverse to using it, but, but when we started on core this has just developed truly organically. Um, and so I'm, I'm back to using the word we've, uh, someone that I, I have a, a longstanding relationship with is now our chief people officer. And, um, she kind of owns culture, if you will,
0: mm-hmm. a lot of
2: people, we all own it, right? I mean, it, it's it's just as much my responsibility and her responsibility is the, the the banker in in uh, Boulder, Colorado, but um, you know anything that touches people, both internally and externally, she she kind of oversees, and she's uh, just raved and raved about. Hey, you you were telling me about this culture, you were telling me about what you guys had had built, um, and I and I believed it because I believed you, but but now that I'm here and I'm experiencing it. I've never seen anything like it. And to, to hear that from somebody that you know has a history in quote unquote human resources uh, is, is pretty fascinating. We've got, I mean, I could rattle off stats with you of different employee surveys and awards we've won, but culture I think is our secret sauce. Um, you know, Our business model is, is maybe a little different in the raising capital locally and the employee ownership and all these things that make us maybe a little bit unique, but our secret sauce is a hundred percent our culture. And I think it is the, the reason we, we retain employees. Um, You know, we we do a lot of things intentionally different from the industry than, uh, and again, those were very purposeful decisions we made back, but even, even before COVID uh, when we were starting the bank. But I think that's the thing that, that uh, again, I'm most proud of is just how many, how few employees decide that there's a better place than Encore uh, and, and they leave, which is, you know, for all of us that have been in banking for so long, you know, it was it was every day you lost somebody that that you had a great relationship with and you enjoyed working with, but but they felt like the bank across the street was a better place for them and their family. And we've been blessed thus far in, in three and a half years not not to see that kind of attrition.
0: That's great. Now you've in this three and a half years, you talked about the tremendous growth you've had. Talk about your speaking of relationships, your relationship with Baxter and the folks at Hall Booth Smith, and how. Uh, that relationship has been instrumental in your growth.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. Maybe the last time I'll, I'll talk about relationships. Okay.
0: So <laughs> keep uh, talking. I I've, love it. So
2: I've uh, I've known Baxter since college. Baxter was uh was one of those movers and shakers. You know, Baxter was somebody uh, that was that was doing big things on campus, and uh, the little guys like me were 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 looking and saying, "Man, how how do I get in his in his circle?" Uh, so Baxter's somebody that I've admired for a long time. Uh, we we have a lot of mutual friends um, and we've stayed in touch through, you know, after college. Uh, funny enough, when I was going to law school, I actually clerked with uh, Baxter and, and his previous firm. Um, so had, you know, had that reconnection, if you will. Um, again, we have a lot of, of, of mutual friends and we were going through uh, some litigation a couple years ago. And uh, the, the, his previous firm showed up on a, on a potential uh, opportunity for us. And I said, Hey, I, I know, I know a few folks there and called Baxter. And, and he quickly said, man, we'd love to, to help you. I'd love to help you. I've, I've kept up with what you guys are doing. And we were still really young. I mean, we were just barely over a year old. Um, and, and Baxter is, as is always his, uh, his, his MO. I mean, he jumped in there and, and bulldogged it and, uh, took it seriously. I mean, we were on the phone, texting or talking at six in the morning many times and, and texting and calling at, at eight or nine at night, um, strategizing. I just saw how he really, you know, cared for his clients. And I, I didn't think that we were an exception just because of some conversations we had had. And then when uh, when when Baxter made the decision to, to pursue this opportunity, which uh, I told him was a fantastic opportunity, obviously a great great firm in, in Halbu Smith the opportunity to to getting back to the entrepreneurial spirit kind of build something in Arkansas for, for HBS uh, I, t- I was excited for him and told him that we would we would absolutely do as much business as we possibly could and has made sense with with HBS and with him so today I mean Baxter helps us with a lot of different things uh, and I say Baxter it's it's a it's a team right I mean everybody's got people behind them that, that maybe don't get to to experience the limelight. But, um, you know, I think the thing that Baxter's really, really helped us do getting back to this recruiting philosophy that we have banking is littered with, you know, non-solicitation agreements, non-compete agreements, which candidly are are really toxic and, and, and bad for the professionals that that make that make up this industry. And it's something that I'm personally adverse to, but Baxter's really helped us get our hands around, um, what restrictions are out there for a prospective employee on the front end. So we've built uh, a, a much more formalized onboarding program to kind of uh, alleviate some of the, the the legal risk associated with, with hiring folks. Um, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, you, you can never totally alleviate litigation risk. I mean, anybody can sue you for anything. Sure. But Baxter's done a great job of, of helping us get our hands wrapped around what, what potential risk is out there. And again, because of the relationship we have with our employees, everything's transparent. Um, you know, hey, listen, this is a long game. We're not we're not running a sprint. So here's what you can and can't do over the next six months or 12 months or whatever. Just abide by by this. Um, and we're off to the races after that. We're going to do things the right way. Even if we don't think it's enforceable, we're going to we're going to we're going to hold to what, what you've agreed to do previously. <clears throat> And so Baxter's just really helped us there. He's also helped us with some employee issues and, and some other contractual uh, opportunities. So, uh, we've been pleased to have this relationship and and look forward to expanding it further.
0: That's terrific. Um, well, Bert, this has been great. Before we wrap it up though, I'd, I'd appreciate you looking ahead. I know you're opportunistic and it's hard to say what the future will hold, but look out three to five years. And what is, what is, uh, what's ahead for Encore Bank?
2: Sure. Um, you know what? I've, I've learned a lesson. I'm not going to handicap, uh, where we will be in size two years in a row. I've, I've said, there's no way we're going to double in size after doubling in size our first two years. And, uh, I was very wrong last year and, uh, seven, six and a half months in it, it looks like I could be wrong again this year. So I won't handicap where we'll be in size. And, And honestly, that's, that's less important, right? It's, it's, uh, it's about capabilities. And so I think we'll continue to try to enhance our banking platform. We will absolutely try to stay abreast with uh, expectations in the marketplace in terms of what commercial and consumer clients want and need from their bank. Uh, I, I think we will continue to be a, uh, a leader in, in the fintech world. Uh, again, maybe not a bleeding edge leader, but a, but a leader nonetheless. Um, I don't. I think we're getting pretty close to, to, to being done with our expansion mode. I'm not saying we won't add another market here or there, but I don't think you're going to see us go to another 20 markets in the next three years. I think you, you might see, you know, one or two or three over the next several years. Um, I, I think you'll continue to see us, us, us grow our our in-market presence. So our focus the next several years will be building scale and density in, in each of our markets maybe continuing to round out our teams. So many of our markets are are still really, really young. And so we'll we'll continue to to build out those teams. Um, but I think you know the thing I'm pretty confident of we're going to continue to have a whole lot of fun. We're we're going to continue to 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 do our part in, in trying to disrupt and and doing something different. Um, in terms of, of one other stat that I'll share with you today, we're we're just under 300 employees. Uh, we're we're two and a half for a little over two and a half billion dollars in assets. The the fun part about our business model is I I, I think we're we're not done hiring, but we're we're not going to hire another 290 employees to to get to much larger. We've built a, an infrastructure that's going to support a, a much larger institution. So we'll probably bring on another 50 to 100 teammates, family members, as we call them. Uh, but it's it's not going to be double in terms of of our uh, employee headcount. Uh, but I don't know if, if, if that's what you were wanting in terms of, of Encore uh, and what, what the next several years hold for us.
0: You know, the name Encore sounds like it's ending. It sounds like an ending, but you're just beginning, man. This is <laughs> this, this is awesome stuff. Let's see, relationships, growth, and fun. You can't get any better than that. So uh, uh, Bert Hicks has been with us, folks. Uh, and he is uh, one of the co-founders of Encore Bank and President Chief Strategy Officer General Counsel Bert, congratulations on your success thus far and thank you so much for joining us joining us on the show.
2: Well, thank you. And one one final plug. It's it's not my success, it's it's our team's success. And I'm not just saying that. It's uh it's truly been a team effort.
0: That's terrific. Well, thank you again so much.
2: Yes, sir, thank you. Hey folks, just a uh,
0: quick reminder that this show is brought to you by Hall Booth Smith and for Hall Booth Smith in, in experience across legal disciplines combined with a focus on the unique business or personal requirements of the client is a hallmark of the firm. Their clients receive the attention, expertise, and cost-effectiveness of a smaller law firm with a full service and strong regional presence that's typical of a firm that's much larger. At HBS their promise is serving to achieve excellence. For more information, visit hallboothsmith.com. Baxter, wow, this was a awesome uh, guest. Uh, hit it out of the park today.
1: Absolutely. I, I was glad to just be along for the ride and uh, get to hear all that. You know, Bird and I talk regularly, and uh, I know a lot about the bank and him, but uh, getting even more of the backstory was great, uh, especially our our path is a firm, a little longer uh, trajectory than than encore but it's pretty neat uh, just a, a lot of the same uh, core values and tenants and and even just growth area the the a lot of the places where encore has grown hall bootsmith has grown uh, over the last couple of years as well
0: yeah for sure well this is this has been great and thank you so much for uh, lining up this conversation with Bert uh, Baxter and uh, continued success to you as well. Thank you. Hey, folks, uh, this is John Ray. This has been HBS Legal Trends. Thank you for joining us. Join us next time.